And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. It was very good. And behold, Hello, it was seven very days, good. listeners. Hello, seven days. How are we? How are you, Shush? I am well. We're in the new year, Dan. I know, new year. Who dis? We're on, aren't Who we? Who dis? New year, <laughs> Who new dis? me. Except yeah, that's it's right. the same me. <laughs> yeah, new no, year. Good. I haven't gone to the gym or anything. I haven't. There's no New Year's resolutions. It's just that's all I'm, right. I'm still persevering. That's right. Getting through new year, it, but you know? New year. Same season for seven days. Yes. Continuing yes. on. Carry over season. That's yeah. it. We don't conform to the ca- the calendar year, shush. <laughs> you cannot put us in a box. Don't you try. <laughs> don't you try. But hey, shush. Exciting damn, episode. Yes. Oh, I was just about to say, I'm so excited for this episode. Yeah. We, our guest today is like an old friend to me. I mean, I have known this person for a number of years, but not a not most of my life, but feels like an old friend to me. I'm very excited. Um, Emphasis on old, I guess. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Today we have the one and only Chris Munro. Hello, hello. Hey, so Chris. Exciting. Chris, I don't know you. We we spoke very quickly before this started recording, and I was like, "Hello, nice to meet you." Now I realise <laughs> I have no idea where you're even joining us from. Where, where are you from? Where, where are you right now? I'm currently in my office in Manhattan in New York City. Uh, hey. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. In the US of A. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Manhattan. It's, I think it's come across my desk a couple of times. Yeah, yeah there's a, we have a few people that live here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, hear, I hear it's a bit of a famous city. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Well, look, now I've done that. Let's jump in because people need to know okay. the real you. And to only know the real you is to do our fast five and answer some really stupid mm. questions. That's the whole vibe, the right? Only way. Are you keen yeah. to do that? Do they have to be stupid answers? Oh, they can be. There's no judgment. <laughs> There's, no jump. There's no judgment. We started out by like trying to make this somewhat of a serious, like, yeah, we do actually want to get to know you, but now it's just turned into like... You know, is cereal soup and questions like that. So we'll so, <laughs> let's do the fast five. Let's get it going. It's a fast five. 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 All right, I've got the first question. So, Chris. What's your favourite tradition or holiday? Oh. Uh, Christmas. Yeah. So good. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like the year stops, like everything we've done stops. I love the week between Christmas Day and uh, New Year's Day, yes. that week. Mm. I always request it off because I just I don't want to have anything to do. Yeah. I just want things, projects to be done and then the new ones are... Scheduled, but just take a break and just stop. Mm. I always find that week I never know what day it is. I'm no. like, what is? It's just time stops between the, those two holidays. Yes. Maybe it's a cultural. Well, I thing. figured out why. Why? I figured out why is because I think this is my new theory. Is because all the rest of the year we're focused on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or you know April, May, June, whatever the month and, and mm-hmm. the and and the and the week are the day. But when we get around Christmas time. We, all of a sudden, we're focused on a specific date, the twenty yeah. fifth, the thirty first, and so we start thinking about the numbers. And that's why we start, we stop thinking about it's Tuesday or Wednesday or mm. whatever. True, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true because we shift our mind from going. Yeah, yeah that's my thought. I like that. Oh, that's, that's, that's wise. I like that. Although, let me just say one more thing about Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I think we should have the full 12 days of Christmas, which goes from the evening of December twenty fourth until the evening of. Uh, January 5th mm-hmm. I posted something online uh, on January 5th the 12 drummers drumming mm-hmm. from the song right and someone was like isn't this a little bit late <laughs> and I was like no it's not <laughs> it's actually right on time actually uh, because it's January 5th anyway so it's I true. think we should have actual 12 days off for Christmas oh yeah. I can oh. get behind that I don't think anyone's going to argue that let's, uh, let's <laughs> do it let's do it <laughs> 
Let's go for it. Because when people say it's the 26th, Christmas is over, I was like, uh, we just started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think we've been going this whole time, mate? You haven't seen anything yet. (laughs) Exactly. I've got a bonus question then for you on Christmas. Okay. Do you find it like horrid that we celebrate Christmas really hot temperature? Like (laughs) that we have it in summer. Is that just ridiculous to you? I think about this. No, I think about this. I just said this to my wife, Evie. I was like... I was like, I can't imagine what Christmas would be like in the summer. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, it's so ingrained. I've never gone yeah. anywhere warm for, well, I grew up in Arizona. So mm-hmm. let me just qualify this, that we'd always had warm Christmases. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's like summertime mm. is just bizarre to me. Like barbecues and we're at the beach and yep. I'm like, what? That's a, that's a Christmas. Like, I'm so associated with like cold and the winter and the snow yeah. and the, You'll have to come, Chris. Yeah. Come stay at my house. Oh, come come. Chris is fun. <laughs> yes, I would love to. I I wanted to come to. I almost went to Australia once on a mission trip, but it didn't work out. But oh. uh, that was a while ago. Well, but right. I would like to go and visit there. Well, you're I heard this, some of the surfing is great too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't surf, but I hear it's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I just wa- watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Qu- question two. Question two. Uh. I'm going to try and phrase this more positively because normally people say you're on death row and watch your last meal. But I'm going to say you know that your life is coming to a very nice ending uh, (laughs) and you get to choose your last meal. What is Mm. that meal? Oh, that's easy. It's sushi. Oh, what kind of sushi? Oh, Uh, I usually eat just um, (coughs) sashimi. Yeah. And then sometimes like the rolls, but... Um, yeah, we, we, or we, that's our go-to for Sundays. We have sushi. So <laughs> favorite food would be what I would have. Amazing. Good so answer. Good. Sushi's great. Great answer. Great answer. Okay. Question three. <clears throat> would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or an astronaut? Astronaut. Oh, uh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> I might get claustrophobia. Mm. Oh yeah. Hmm. Have you ever heard Peter Garrett say claustrophobia? I did. Um, so, sorry, everything's going to come back to Peter Garrett. Uh, I, I would, I, I'm going to say space is kind of frightening, I think, because you're out there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where, where do you go? Like, I need to get away. Yeah. It's like, you're already really far away, but there's nowhere else you can go at that point. Um, I'll say Olympic medalist. Nice, nice. Mm, was it an Olympic gold medalist or just medalist? No, no, no. Oh. Gold medalist. Yeah, good. You've oh, won. gold medalist. Good. You're yeah, the best good. in the world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. I don't, I don't want you to pick like a bronze medalist or anything. You know, <laughs> not, that they're, not that they're losers, even though they technically are, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I strive to be the fifth runner-up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah, my that's goal. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, question four. If you were a crown or a, like, texture or a pencil, what colour would you be? Oh. Navy blue. Navy Ooh. blue. Straight Delve up. into that. Why navy blue? Um, it's my favorite color. Yep. I am where I wear <laughs> it consistently. Um, blue. It, well, one of my favorite films is called Blue. Mm-hmm. It's a film by Krzysztof Kieslowski. Um, he did three se- three series: Red, White, and Blue, and uh, it's based on the French flag. But blue, like each film, each of the colors of the French flag stands for something else. Red is for fraternity, white is for, I think, purity, and then the blue is for loyalty. So I think there's something about uh, loyalty that mm. goes with the color blue, and I just, I like that idea and that theme, so. Yeah, great. That's great so answer. nice. If I had answered the question, it would have been like, Blue, why? Because I like it. Yeah, because I like it. (laughs) That's also a good reason. But I love that there's a whole, like, philosophy behind it. That's the best. Um, Okay, our final question. This comes from a listener. This comes from Kat. Thank you, Kat, for sending your uh, question in. What a legend. Uh, Now, Kat has been an avid listener for seven days. Yes, of course she has. Yeah, great. Well done. Where does Kat live? In the UK? I don't know. She didn't say where she was from. Kat, if you're listening, where are you from? From For privacy reasons, we're not allowed to divulge that. We've we've held on to that. Kat's actually imaginary. (laughs) 
I'm curious because I met a cat who oh. is from the UK. I believe she lives in the UK and is big in the arts. Oh. oh. Is focused on the arts. So anyway, cat, that's, if that's why you, I, if you know yeah. Chris and you're from the UK and big in the arts, let us know. Yeah, imagine uh, But that. if it's not you, cat, that's okay. Thanks for sending the question in anyway. We still love you. Um, we still love you. We still love you. Cat wants to know, what meal do you cook when you really cannot be bothered to cook? Oh. Oh, I'm into cooking right now, so let me just qualify this. <laughs> um, but it's it's a it's a frozen pizza. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, Easy. But, but but I have to season. I have to put like I can't just do the one from the store and put it in the, in the oven. I've yeah. got to like add more stuff, seasoning, cheese, extra cheese to it, and all that. Mm, yum. So New that York being quite easy. renowned for pizza, then. What's their what's mm. the frozen pizza game like? Is that like is that like ten steps below what you'd get at your normal place in Manhattan? Um, we're getting heaps of bonus probably. questions this time, by the way. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm trying not to eat um like uh, bread and stuff okay. as much and like rice and all that kind of stuff. So we actually just bought some cauliflower crust pizza, and I mm. I thought it, it sounded disgusting to me when I first heard about it, but I actually. We tried it once, and it was actually pretty good. Oh. So, um, I mean, they have quite a variety of frozen pizza. Paul Newman has a line of, of them. There's some, like, really, really great ones oh, nice. um, that are really – I don't remember them all right now, but, like, Sicilian, <laughs> different – you know, all different kind. Brilliant. Well, that's, that was the question on everyone's lips, so we've answered it. <laughs> <laughs> We're no, all you, done here. Podcast over. That's if it. we you all su- know what we need to know. You survived the fast We're five. We're all hungry now. <laughs> so you did well, Chris. Well done. You, you got through yeah. it. There were a lot of bonus questions in that fast five. There were. I just felt like we needed it. I felt like, you know, it just, it just it felt natural. It's true. It's funny. I listened to your last podcast and the questions that I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to get into. I, this is coming. So I was like thinking these are the same questions you ask, oh, no. but they were different. Oh. So I was like thinking, I was like, I was like, I don't know how I would have answered that. <laughs> and then I was like, throughout the day today, I was like, oh, that's what it'll be. Oh, no. Like it was something about like, which uh, family would you be a part Which fictional family <laughs> would you be part of? So I was like, I don't have an answer to that. So I came up with one and I was like, oh, I didn't even ask. Oh. <laughs> You did preparation. No, it's okay. What, no, I, this is easier. What fictional me, family so. did you come up with? So, so it was, you know, did you ever watch the cartoon Scooby Doo? Yeah. Yes. Like, we, we've got a mystery to solve. You know, it's like yeah. out there in the mystery van, out there trying to figure out who did it. You know, I'm like, we got to solve this riddle and we got to do it tonight. <laughs> That's you. I love You're, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo's the best. It's <laughs> awesome. It's been so long. Anyway. So good. Well, sorry to mislead you there, Chris. That yeah. was just a bit deceiving. No, it's great. No, it... You did great. Oh. <laughs> Probably the only guest that has done, like, preparation, you know? Like, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was for the fast um, five. <laughs> it's true. That's it's great. true. Now, we, we know a little bit about you, Chris, because of the Fast Five, but um, you're a first-time guest on our podcast, which is so exciting, mm, and thank you yes. so much for coming on. Um, mm. But it would probably be helpful for our listeners who may not know you to learn a little bit more about you. Um, so, I guess, are you able to tell us relatively briefly, I, we, I know this is a big question, but as simply as you can, um, I guess a little mm. bit about who you are and what you do creative arts-wise, like what's your passion, what's your art form, um, and, yeah, anything you want to include in there. And then a little bit, I guess, about your relationship with Jesus and maybe how you mm. came to know Jesus or how long you've been a follower, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Sure. So I was born at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> And I was actually cast, I was in first grade, I was actually cast in a play called Peter and the Rabbit. Then I got chicken pox and <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the part. I was so, I had like the lead Aww. and I was so bummed. And then I think ever since then, that's why I've stuck with theaters. I'm still trying to make up for that lost <laughs> opportunity. Um, so my, our family was... Um, well, I have, it was kind of dramatic in the beginning. My parents <clears throat> had me, and then they got divorced, and then they, my mom met the Lord mm-hmm. during that time. They weren't believers. They were part of the Catholic Church, but it wasn't really like 
their own faith, really. Um, and then they got my dad came around. Then they got remarried. Mm. And um, so we grew up from the time I was like six going to church. So church has always been something I, I've always loved. And um, yeah, but I was I think I was 13. I was part of a, a church program and they showed the movie A Thief in the Night. I don't know if you ever saw that 70s movie, but it's like the rapture can happen any second. And so then they do an altar call and I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, classic. <laughs> so, you know, and I don't discount it completely, you know, mm. um, I, I mean, it was sincere. Uh, but when I was 19 is when I really was like, all right, I was, I'm going to church, but I was also kind of like living one foot in the world, one foot out, um, or one foot in the church, one foot in the world. And, um, uh, just kind of got starting, started to let the Lord really convict me of mm. like putting his finger on things. Like, what about that? What about that? And I was like, either I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do it. And so I just was like, all right, I'm putting all my chips on the table. I'm in, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just really like even had some like really honest prayers, like, you know, like, had gone to church, didn't not believe in God, but I was like, I was like, if you're real, like I was like having those prayers, even though I was like, this is kind of yeah. weird, but I was being sincere. Yeah. And, um, I just, the Lord met me in my room and I was like, mm. it changed my life. Like mm. really like something transformational happened in my, nothing supernatural, but just in my understanding, my knowing, just like I came alive, mm. you know? So, um, you know, Obviously, that's just the beginning, and then you go through. We're all still on our journey of becoming more like Jesus. So, um, but that's kind of what started it. And then I was also, I got involved in junior high. There was a church group that did theater, and so I did that. And just something like just resonated with me. And um, even though I was, I was, I'm an introvert, <laughs> <laughs> so. I didn't want to be on stage, but I was doing something funny of the script. They were going to do this play. And then they were like, oh, you should be that role. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> um, but I ended up being that role. My parents showed up at the performance. And like the character was like a Hare Krishna that was like getting, trying to convert somebody else before they got saved. And uh, I went dancing down the aisle. My parents were like, oh, that's funny. Who's that guy? And then they realized <laughs> that's our son. They had no idea. Um so I went to college and then I went, I was going to pursue theater in undergrad, but I knew that I wanted to use theater for the Lord. That was like, I didn't know how. Um, and I ended up going on a missions trip overseas to Albania and, uh, we did, it was, uh, minister, the ministry was driven by, or the evangelism was driven by a street drama. <laughs> so that was really, um, impactful for me to see performing arts done in direct correlation to preaching the gospel, presenting the gospel. And um, so that always stuck with me. So I went back, um, finished my degree, and then ended up, well, I did an internship uh, before I went back to undergrad. And that was really focused on, like, if your life is going to be focused on ministry, um, this is a like a one-year training program for that. And so mm. anyway, um, specifically, they were, focus on unreached peoples around the globe. Um, so all that to say, uh, I ended up doing different things with Wycliffe Bible translators. They had a dinner theater. Um, I worked with the ministry that I just spoke about later on. They were doing a play that they would travel and do a youth convention with a big play and lights and music and stuff. Mm. And I was part of that and then moved to New York city. I thought this is what I want to do. Uh, is moved to the city and I moved here to act and um, at least start there. And as soon as I got here, I'd done a lot of acting at that point. I It just wasn't, nothing was really clicking. It was hard. I would I kind of expected that, but I started getting asked for these other uh, ministries to go and direct for their, um, their, their projects. And I was like, sure. And I felt like the Lord was saying like a new wine, new wine for a new wine skin. Mm. So I kind of shifted it. And not that I wouldn't act again, but I just was like, I'm going to focus on writing, directing, producing. Mm-hmm. So that's been my, my passion. So anyway, ended up here at the Salvation Army and I'm right now the artistic director at the Salvation Army Theater 315, the Times Square core. Yeah. And they had a arts program that they started, uh, which is now has been stopped. However, I feel what's 
was developed during that time is, is still continues, mm. which I would just, for a generic term, call it a community theater, mm. uh, which incorporates actors who are believers or maybe not believers mm. who come to us, but we decide the content of mm. what's being produced mm. and performed. So that provides opportunity for them to perform, but also we... It's also a platform for the the gospel. So if it's something that's yeah. gospel centered, Shush knows this from uh, High Tops, uh, the musical that we did, and we saw people like openly like we don't believe what you guys believe. And we're like, okay, cool. This is our show. It's all about Jesus. And they're like, <laughs> okay. So it was an interesting dynamic of just seeing like what the Lord and the Holy Spirit can do mm. in those, in creating a context, you know, and just stepping back and going, all right, well, let's see what happens. Mm. So. Yeah. That was way longer than you You said short. No, that was not short. That's it great. was fantastic. It's fantastic. And I can attest from my time in New York with Chris that the stuff Theatre 315 does is amazing. And the way God uses the work in the theatre, the plays, the shows they do is just amazing. It's so cool. Mm. Now, <clears throat> now, this is the first that I'm hearing about a lot of that stuff because I don't really know you. You're, you're, you're Shush's friend that she got on here and I'm so excited for it. But, <laughs> but at the moment, as a podcast, we're diving into these topics, right? And at the moment, we're really focused on the world and the church as a topic. And you're the perfect person to speak into this, especially after what you literally were just saying is mm. the 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 creator perspective of the world and the church and hearing your story you when you're coming through that lens you can't help but like bells were just ringing as you were as you were saying things like you know you you did a theater uh, performance when you're in school that was tied in with a youth group performance that so because we really want to dive into this like what's what's the role of creative arts in reaching the world and and presenting the gospel to people who do not know the gospel and everything that i'm hearing from you and what you are doing right now is effectively that so Mm. i just want to like basically ask you the broadest thing ever and just say from your point of view what is the role of creative arts whatever that art may be now obviously you're going to be filtered through like a theater perspective which is great um, we probably don't hear enough of that perspective, to be honest, as far as the, the salvos go in Australia. I can only really speak for. Yeah. But um, I would love to know what what's your heart around how we can present the gospel for people who do not know the gospel through creative arts. And what is the role? What, 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 what do you think the role of uh, worship arts has in spreading the gospel? Boom. Just hit you with so, that. <laughs> um, so much to say. Um, <clears throat> so I would say arts is... I'm just going to start talking because there's so many things about swimming around no, on it's my, good. in my mind. It's um, good. Talk. We, we always it. say this is all we can do is talk. It's a podcast. So just go for it. <laughs> So I'm going to first tell you my bias. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a fan of all of the arts. um, But I think live performance, there's something Mm. extraordinarily unique to that Mm. besides just a film. Mm -hmm. Nothing against I love film. I studied film um, in grad school. But um, it's just there's something unique about that Mm. because if you think about it, you know, we know in the Bible it says Jesus was the word made flesh. Mm-hmm. And so arts to me is about communication. It's about statements. It's about um, a physical representation of an idea. You know, mm. even a word itself is a symbol for what it means. Right. Mm. So I think there, so that can happen in the other arts too. But something about putting an actor on stage who represents who's bringing words live in front of other people. Um, So the role, I would say, if you think about part of Jesus' ministry, is he would tell parables. This is kind of an easy one, but he would tell parables. And it's interesting because he didn't just, he told his disciples like specific things about 
you know, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. You know, he would tell them literal stuff that they st they didn't understand anyway uh, at the time. But, you know, there was something about the parables that were there were story. They drew people in. Everybody could relate to them. You know, a man went out to work in his field like everybody could understand that very mm. simply, even today. Mm. Um, but what's interesting about it is and this might sound a little bit harsh, I guess, is that. You know, it's like, why do you talk to them in parables? And mm -hmm. it's like, though seeing they don't see, though hearing they don't hear. So it's almost like, I'm going to tell you about the kingdom, about the gospel, but I'm not. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so it's almost like a litmus test of either you want this or you don't. Mm. You know, and it was the disciples who went later and said, what did that mean? And so he told them because they wanted to know. Um but it's almost like to keep people out who not it's again, it sounds harsh, but um, it kind of tests the sincerity of what, what people really want. Yeah. You know, mm. they don't want to know the truth mm. They don't. we just want to, we just want to like so much of entertainment is just an inoculation of, of, I think it's on by design too, just to inoculate you, to get you to not think, mm. get you to not feel not mm. to not think about the truth to not be convicted. Just we're just gonna affirm anything, anything that the world, all of our values. We're just gonna affirm it yeah. till you're filled to the goals of just like you've had. You're just saturated with it. You can't help but think anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can't think beyond that stuff. So uh, I think it's extraordinarily dangerous. So uh, I think I've talked with Shusha about this in the past. But if you look at the heroes, to me, some of the heroes in the Bible are um, the the Old Testament prophets and they were there to speak the word and they were there to actually perf in my opinion perform the word either they did it through oration or poetry writing ezekiel's probably the most dramatic <laughs> prophet because he did so many physical things mm. like laid on his side and dug a hole in the wall that you know he's like now tell them that this is what that means i mean he's performing theater mm. like he's doing physical theater um, and then, you know, we have in the Old Testament, Moses came up with this, the, the sacrifice, the temple sacrifice of once a year, you know, bring the lamb, it represents your sin, it dies on your behalf, right? Uh, and I think Jesus came, Jesus is the lamb of God to come and take away the sin of the world, right? So, but what's interesting is that he embodies that idea that story and he literally becomes himself mm. the sacrifice right mm -hmm. and he lives and he dies and he rises again which is an act of it's theatrical it's dramatic <laughs> okay and so going back to i know it's not the same thing mm. but i think in the right way believers have an opportunity to bring to the stage a symbol, a uh, an exercise, if you will, of sacrifice mm. that embodies uh, God being able to bring His story through you to other people. Mm. I know this is kind of like not really practical in some ways, <laughs> no, but it's good. It, it, I have to go back here because the things that I I I do and want to do it ha it's rooted in something that's beyond just. Wanting to get on stage and dance. Yeah. 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 Which, which I don't do very much of, thankfully, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, two of my, two of the things that I, I build my philosophy on are, number one, that theater is the office of the prophet. Mm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean God's prophet, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> A prophet could be just any kind of... There's false prophets, right? right? So I look at stuff on TV and I look at the content. I look at what they're talking about, the ideas that they're presenting, the ideas that they're communicating. And I'm like, that's wrong. Mm. That's false. That's not true. Mm. And I'm like, that's that's false prophecy right there. Mm. You know, trying to get me to believe lies, things that are just not true. Uh, I think the truest form of theater... Oh, sorry, this is so much, but... <laughs> If you look at if you look at the court of law, I think the beautiful thing about theater is that it should be about an argument. Mm. 
It should be about, like in a court of law, you've got somebody who uh, the the what's the the plaintiff comes and brings their complaint, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got the defendant to saying no, and they're arguing, and the judge has to decide which one's true. Mm. But in the process, they're all presenting their ideas and their arguments, and they're clashing, and you eventually. If you hear enough, you're going to be go. Oh, you know what? This this is actually more true, and I'm going to rule this way. And I think mm. good storytelling. If you don't have conflict, you don't have a story, mm. right? Yeah. So that's what a court of law is like—the epitome of conflict, right? Mm. And good theater, good writing should have conflict, and it should present both. It should present good arguments on both sides. So that you can go, oh, and you can actually yourself think through, like, what is true? What's mm-hmm. right? And what, you know, I think mm. right now, especially our culture is like com- completely unmoored from any sense of absolute truth. I I believe that there is absolute truth. Um, it's not my truth or your truth. I think it, <laughs> it's just truth. Mm, yeah. Um, so, and I think a lot of, a lot of media and a lot of, um, I'm not talking about the news. I'm talking about like art. Yeah. Mm. Um, it just it's so bogged down. And it's not interesting, and that's why you know comedians right now they're they're you know they have to tell the truth. But to, there's a whole growing list of people who will be offended because mm-hmm. you know that you're speaking the truth, and you know then you they just shut down. Like we can't have comedy. We can't have humor. We can't do all these things. Mm. Um, and that's that's we need the opposite. Mm. <laughs> we need to have the differences of opinion. We need to have that conflict so that the truth will bubble over and it will mm. be evident and will come. You know, we will know. You know, there's a lot of like this is what the truth is, and just believe it and don't question it. And if mm. you question it, we're gonna squash you or cancel you or whatever. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I just all that to say, art is to me is more than j- it's not just about you know, putting on a pretty dance or yeah. something on stage yeah. or acting well. It's, it's got to be tied into our culture and to who we are as people and what, what we're about. And, um, mm. you know, and I'm sure I, this goes without saying, but we know, we, I believe, you know, all truth is God's truth, mm. right? So when I talk about truth, I'm talking about what's true according to the Bible, yeah. which is what I believe. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That's a really oh. interesting point because, so yeah, there's so much to divulge in there and really, uh, I guess, dissect. Um, I'm just going to jump in because it's the last thing you said. All right. Because uh, what, I, what I hear from that and what I guess the, the, the picture that comes to mind with, with what you were just talking about is that the creative arts presents, I guess, an idea or... Uh, the the truth as we know it uh, mm-hmm. in front of people and then they have a decision to make about whether or not that is something that resounds with them and they can then act upon that, right? Now, I'm really interested in... Now, we're probably not going to have the answers to this because I feel like this is a pretty big question. But with the way that culture is in the Western world right now, in that there are barriers around what people are publicly able to do, um, and it seems like that's tightening, right? What do we do as Christians if we want to deliver a message through the arts, but we are getting, I guess, bound by cultural... Boundaries. What what do we do in that circumstance? I know that's such a massive question, but no, it's a it's a good question, and I'm gonna go in the opposite direction of what might be um, assumed. But I've been thinking lately. You know, a lot of things go online. Mm. We're gonna do theater online. We're gonna have this stuff online, and I did that for you know during the lockdowns and stuff. Yep. Um, I I think in my opinion which is getting strong is it's it's counterintuitive but we should go in the opposite direction we should get away from the technology stuff oh. as as our as our primary means i'm not saying not to use it yep. but as our primary means we think oh we'll make this film millions of people are going to see it that yes we should do that but i think there's something about being in person with people and performing live and whether that's an audience of 1 or 12 or you know, 1200. Mm-hmm. Um, 
getting just get in front get an audience get mm. in front of people and so mm. when we did book of job last just this past december you know we just got actors in a room and they were happy just to be in a room performing with other people and then we got an audience of like 25 people and it was satisfying just to have done that in front of of, of people so I, I think you know again if you look at the old testament prophets they didn't wait for uh, an invitation. They didn't wait for the stage to be set. They just went out in the in front of everybody mm. and just went for it. Yeah, just brought the message and did whatever they did. Whether um, you know Ezekiel or Jeremiah, you know he was told to go and confront the priests, and he walks in with a big bar on his on his back. And he said, "If we don't repent, God's going to send us into into bondage into Babylon." Mm. You know he 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 just he just went for it. Now, we're more sophisticated. We have our churches and our stages and our lights and we have all that stuff. And I'm not saying not to use that, but I think we just need to get on stage and find Mm -hmm. a way to adapt God's word, his truth in creative ways Mm -hmm. and, you know, put the word on, say, make the word flesh. Yeah. And that means flesh. I mean, actors put. Yeah. Put that word out there, you know. Yeah. We just did the Book of Job, and it's like, you know, we can't we can't shy away from some of these things. You know, we did the we did Door of Hope about the Book of Hosea, and it deals mm. with, you know, a prostitution essentially. Mm. And we found a way to do it. We didn't go into graphic detail, but you know, people understood mm. what yeah. was happening. Um, we do Book of Job. You've got the literally the character of Satan. <laughs> You're like, we're gonna put this guy's gonna portray Satan. Like the Satan, yeah. right? Um, you know, and you you can't shy away. You can't. We can't be afraid of that stuff mm. uh, just because it's in church or because it's mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I say all that, um, but also, I do think there just to, so I don't sound like I'm too far off the deep end over here. Uh, <laughs> I do think there's also a place for you know worship. Mm like the arts being used as parts of worship or someone's painting and someone's yeah. dancing yeah. and they're dancing to a worship song and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's moving. It's, it's, it's a form of, um, yeah, just their expression. And, and like you would, we would come to church and gather as a congregation and sing praises and worship songs. You know, to me, it's the same thing. We can, mm-hmm. we can do that. Um, I guess I'm making a distinction between what we can do in church for ourselves with other believers to what I'm more focused on, we're trying to do outreach, yeah. right? Yep. We're on mission mm. here. What are we going to do that is according to our beliefs, but also, you know, people who don't believe what we believe will come and either perform with us or at least come watch it. And we've had both. Mm. We've had that yeah. even as recent as last December. Um, so it's always interesting to to hear. And then I'm getting off the subject, but uh, to have the dis- to have the discussions after, like talk to people afterwards. That to me, that's where mm. the meat. That's the whole point of it. You know, going back to Christoph Kieslowski, he's like the, on- the the main point of making films is so that people can talk about them, mm. um, so that we can talk about them. Yeah, you know, the disciples coming to Jesus, like, what did that mean? And he's like, great, let's talk about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think there's too again there's too much. And there should be something provocative in what you're doing. You know, not for provocative, not just for its own sake to be provocative. Some people do that. But the sad thing is that sometimes things are just focused on how can we make this as entertaining as possible? We go mm. to shows, you know, see, see Broadway and it's like the mechanics and the lighting and, and the costumes. It's like it's just so fantastic, like everything. But then I'm like, but I walked away feeling like I just ate a bunch of empty carbs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, OK. I went and saw Macbeth on Broadway and it had all this, you know, Daniel Craig and like all, and it was like, I was so unmoved. I, I know they had issues and stuff. They had had COVID, they had shut down for a while. So they, I, I give them, you know, well, fine. But I went a week later and I saw, I paid $25 compared to what I paid on Broadway <laughs> and saw another, like King Henry the fourth. And with, like very minimal lights, like great costumes, but the acting was great. The storytelling was, everything was fantastic. And I was like, this was worth more to me mm. and how they presented this than the, than the bells and whistles they had across the street, you know, mm. on, on Broadway. So, um, I think it comes down to, you know, the heart of what you're doing, what, mm. it, what story are you telling and why? Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah. Mm. Oh, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, a couple of things that have stood out to me is this idea of using the arts to proclaim truth, to yep. proclaim mm. the gospel, is not a new concept, right? It's something that has been, we know from the Bible, has been happening for thousands and thousands of years. We, if through the examples of like the prophets, but also through mm. Jesus's parables, like Jesus himself did this. Like yeah. it, it's not a new concept and it has been throughout history all, and there's like there's a almost a reassurance in that like there's like yep. a beauty in that of like this is we're part of a big heritage of artists on mission proclaiming the gospel like we're not alone in this we're there have been thousands of people before us who have done this and I think it just it, like struck me the history of it in a way like to where we've got today is quite amazing um but also the this idea of you know the role of the artist in this sense is like to present the the truth right yep. and, you, and you put it forward and I love that image Chris of the court and like the four and the gangster and whatever um in the same way that the role of the prophet was to obey God and share the word right put it out there I'm putting the truth out there but like our role is not to make people believe like they have to decide for themselves mm. what they believe right we can't yep. make anybody yep. believe but our, like we put it out there we put the truth out there and it can be convicting or confronting or whatever it is but we put it out there and then I, I'm just reminded of that like people will make their own decision they, mm. they'll look at it toss up the things whatever um, that's not actually the role of the prophet wasn't to make them believe or because if he could it, he would have but he, so many times they didn't listen right or they chose against mm. it but he was obedient mm. to God in sharing the word God had given to him um, mm. and just that yeah. that concept really struck me as well of like put it they put it out there but it yeah. wasn't on them to to make anyone believe or do anything right mm. there's a, and there's one instance where god says all right this is the message you're going to go tell them and when you tell them they're not going to listen to you go ahead yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. Well, well they're not going to listen why should i tell What's them in the, the first place? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah go go do it he's like but you'll have saved yourself you know yeah, yeah. Uh, i could be mixing up the stories but he's like they're if they if they listen great mm. but if if you don't go then I'm going to hold you responsible too. Mm. And, you know, that's pretty, but if they, if they don't listen, you're off the hook because they didn't listen. That's on right. them. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's Moses, right? Like, Hey Moses, mm. go and say this. And I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And Moses, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks right. man. <laughs> but I think, yeah, exactly. And I think what, what, what she's bringing up here is what you guys are talking about is, you know, we're not responsible for the outcome. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, and so what, yeah, to word. me, for me, once that's like, Oh, I'm, it's not up to me yeah. to convert their soul. Yeah. 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 When I, Right then and there, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm so relieved as an mm, artist yeah. because I'm like, oh, so what is my job? Tell the best story that I can in the best way that I can, mm -hmm. as truthfully as I can, mm -hmm. and yes. and make sure that I'm doing my part, yeah. what's actually in my power to do, and actually doing that, doing that well with excellence, and then see what happens. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think... You know, artists, I see this too. They get so caught up with like way down. Like that's not your job. Yeah. That's yeah. not your responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. you need to trust. Well, I would say if you don't like what you're, the story that you're doing, the, the play that you're doing, that's to right, right away. That's a bad sign. Like mm. you're not going to have anything to carry you through mm. to the end. If you don't have that conviction, we did a show last summer, um, and I kind of experienced this. We had done Shakespeare <laughs> the year before just because it was easy to do. And, and then we did another one this past summer. And I was kind of like, yeah, this is going to be good. You know, it's, it's not just about the show. But I tell you, after I was done, I was like, I just don't want to do it. And I love Shakespeare. I'm like, mm -hmm. I just don't want to spend that much time and energy and effort on something I don't really care that much about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, um, maybe if it was a different story, if it was measure for measure, which I love. Um, but you know you know it's just i just don't but when we did the book of job it's like i know i already know that because i wanted to do it it's like it doesn't matter how hard it's going to get or how yeah. challenging or difficult yeah. it is 
I know that I have I'm gonna power through this mm. and um, anyway and just you know see what happens yeah hmm. oh so much goodness in this episode yeah, that's right. I love it <laughs> and I I, I I, I don't know. Like, we always say that we come into these episodes and we don't actually know where this is going to go and the Holy Spirit does his thing. And and the, the big thing that I'm hearing today is this hope of reassurance that this has happened before. Like, I know Shush brought mm. this up before, but even the reassurance around, I think at the moment we're dwelling around this broken world that we're living in and it's like, well, nothing like this has ever been before. But literally every <laughs> example in the Bible of these, these prophets is that they're in a world that is completely restricted and completely turned away from God and broken. And then God uses that person to proclaim mm. that truth. So, so yeah. it's like this, be reassured, you creatives out there, that this you're not the you're not the woe is me this is only happening in my generation this has happened for thousands of years and god is faithful and he continues to use people to spread his truth so be obedient to that and Mm. have hope in that and know that yeah god can use you so Mm. that's the big thing that i'm picking up in everything that everything you're discussing and and that's honestly not where i thought we would go but i love that that's (laughs) where we're kind of landing in some respect yeah. yeah. Amen. Mm. Yeah, I think we have opportunity right now. It's like, oh, what, what are we going to be able to do? Yeah. Like we, we we're locked down. We got, you know. And to me, I'm like, it's almost like it's counterintuitive, but it's like this is our time. Yeah. This go. Yep. Yep. Mm. It's like this is the time to to shine. You know. Mm. And uh, I'm reminded as well of the last podcast we did too with Sandy and she she brought up like in times of change we look to artists to bring the meaning and hope and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about that's like the analogy of the court we need to be in there arguing that meaning and hope we need to be mm. on the forefront of that as artists mm. yeah it's true it's true yeah yeah I think too trusting what you want to do like you're um if God gives you a night, if you get inspired, mm-hmm. you know, not just anything you want to do, but if you're inspired, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a holy, like a godly thing. Go for it. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like, well, how am I going to do it? Just go for it. Just start, start, write it down, you know, you know, perform it somehow. You record yourself. I don't and get some actors together, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just start, mm. yeah. just start. And you'll see, because again, we are not responsible for the outcome. Mm. If we just start that process, you know, you are going to discover things in the process that you wouldn't have figured out had you just not started. Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes we stop because like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that or that or that. Well, yeah. start and make the mistakes and discover it. Mm. You know, that's when we did the book of Job um, workshop. That was kind of my goal because I'd done so many. We had done so many productions where it's like, all right, here's the script we cast. And then it's like, figure everything out. And then. We're like rushing towards the, you know, the performance dates. The audience is coming and, you know, I was like, can we just like stop? (laughs) I just want to focus on the rehearsal process. Just, you know, and I went in with some ideas. But now when we go back to do a bigger production, hopefully, uh, I've already worked out some of those things and and found what's needed, you know, for going forward. But anyway, but all that to say, it just... you know, to affirm that was a you know I affirm what you just said Dan just to encourage that mm. people are encouraged just to start just yeah. to do it yeah. and and don't think that you can't because of what the government's telling you yeah that's right yeah 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 and I think <laughs> or whatever when we're talking about outcome as well like this is going to a little bit of craft stuff but I know for myself um, who is a perfectionist uh, we're, we're working through it uh, but like. I want a certain outcome. Like I'm always like, oh, I'd really love this thing to happen because of this or or people to feel this way or, you know, like I get caught up in that. But it's like actually the thing you can't control above everything. Like you you can control to an extent the process, the product, the story, all these things. You cannot control people's, the outcome of it or what happens. And Mm. so I think it's such a, I know for me, when I'm listening to this, it's that thing, Chris, of like just start because you can't, control yeah. you can't predict what's going to be the outcome of it anyway you know i don't know what yeah. god's going to do with it i can hope and i can pray and i can you know mm. see what happens but it's that thing of like oh i can't control it 
anyway. So why do I try to, why does it, do I, why do I let that stop me from doing yeah. the piece? Because I'm like, oh, well, what if this does or does not happen? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, th- well, let me just affirm that that's a good hope to have. Right. It's a good thing to want right. people to be affected. And you hope for that. Yeah. Okay. But again, applying your job, uh, the, the work that you do to that is not your job. Yes. The yes. job is like, I find that if you respect the process, by and large, that will happen. Mm-hmm. If you if you honor the people that you're working with, you know, sometimes it's like, just get it. You're not, you know, and you're tearing people down in the process. I think that directly transfers to the experience the audience will have. I mean, maybe not, but um, I believe that if you honor the process, honor the people in the process, mm. that that in and of itself is going to have the part of the effect of that you mm. are going to have, uh, it's going to have on the audience. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. That's good. Coming back to this idea of sharing truth, I jotted something down before, and you kind of um, touched on it, Chris, but I'd love for you to go kind of even deeper in it in terms of like, I guess for people listening, um, a couple of things, any tips for like sharing truth, encouragement in terms mm. of people like, oh, I want to use my gift to share the truth, like tips or encouragement or even like where do I start? How do I do this? I want to, but I'm not, I'm just a bit stuck as to how to do this. Have you got any, yeah, tips of encouragement for how to share the truth through the arts? Mm. Um, I would say start off by saying you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, And start there, you Mm. know. Um, you know, one of the things that when I keep using the book of Job, cause we just did it. Yeah. Um, and I went in going, I have some ideas. I have some thoughts about this, but I don't know. I want to find, I want to find something. I want to mm. discover some, I had some opinions that I didn't know what to think about. And I thought, let's see what happens when we get this. So I would say, seek the truth in mm. your, as you're doing this, be open don't feel like you have to be master of the universe when you're producing or directing or creating this thing. Mm. Um, let yourself find the truth. Let God show you. Oh, I wrote a, was writing, I was in the middle of writing a, a play once at home. This was a long time ago. And uh, as I was writing it, I was like, this guy, he's in prison. And then on the other side of the bars, this guy comes, he's just like, railing on him because he's all beat up and he's all destroyed and the guy other guy that comes in you know he's in a nice suit and everything and he's just telling this guy that's all beat up how bad he is what a what a loser he is and how he's ruined his life blah 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 and i'm writing this i'm like yeah yeah conflict yeah <laughs> and then i suddenly had this revelation of at the end of the play it was only a five minute piece but at the end of the play eventually the guy the beat up guy ends up getting encouraged and stands up to the other guy. And he says, I'm not, that's not who I am mm. and confronts him and, and like comes into his own. And then the, the play ends with the beat up guy now standing up for himself, walking away. Mm. And the other guy's the one that's actually in the prison. Huh. Mm. Mm. But I didn't know that I just started <laughs> writing and I was like, Oh, and mm. so I, and I felt like the Lord just like, all right, here you go. <laughs> like, um, so I just, I would just go and like, try to find, like, seek the truth mm. and see what, um, what the Lord shows you and, and be true to even like, oh, you can't say that people will be offended. <laughs> it's like, um, if you read some of the interactions between Jesus and the Pharisees, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did that intentionally and on purpose like, it's like and you know they even said well when you say this to us jesus you offend us also and he's like I, yep. you got it yeah <laughs> correct yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah not and again not you know some people want to offend just to because right. they've got axe to right. grind yeah. they yeah, want yeah, to yeah. be offend, they want to be but i think the work that we do as artists 
should be one of the terms I've coined is like spiritually provocative. It should be mm. spiritually provocative. Mm. Like what? What is that? Like what? Why would God allow Satan to come and destroy Job's life? Mm. That's weird. That's not right. That's not who God. Like, and somebody recently was like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I saw that you're doing the Book of Job thing, but I didn't want to go because it just it was Christmas time, and I was like, mm. I'm like, <laughs> I get it, I understand. <laughs> But I was talking to somebody else, and I was like, "There, like people kind of wince, like the Book of Job, like yikes, that's kind of like a tough one, right?" <laughs> but I was telling somebody, I was like, "Well, actually, it's the gospel, right? He has everything, and then he goes through all this pain and suffering, and he kind of has a, a death experience, and then he resurrects because at the end, you know, he gets everything back, and it's better, and mm. it's the gospel, it's mm. life, death, resurrection." I'm like, "There it is." Mm-hmm. Um, it happens really quick, the very beginning and then the very end of like <laughs> his good life and the whole middle is like obviously pain and suffering, but the 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 main points of the gospel are still in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very the good. gospel in Joe. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's just great practicality too. Like that is just such a great word to leave with the creative people who are listening here and like, honestly, I've written down so many notes as you've been speaking, Chris. And <laughs> yeah. by the way, can I call you Chris or do I do I call you Christopher? What what would you rather? It's the end of the <laughs> Chris podcast. Is fine. Chris, but Chris is fine. like I've written down so many notes. I just encourage the creative people to really listen to what Chris is saying here because mm. I think there's so much in in everything that you've said today. And and like mm. as I've said, I I don't I don't really know you that well, but I just I just think in a world that is broken, uh, that isn't unique, as we've been talking about, but in a world that is broken, I just want to honour you and thank you for being obedient to God and Mm. letting him use you as a prophet to share Mm. meaning and truth, for people to interpret his real truth, not this, yeah, like you were saying before, not this is my truth, this is your truth. This Mm. is the real truth. And you are proclaiming that through what you do. And I just want to say we're cheering you on and yeah. we're praying for your ministry, that that, that expands yeah. more and more. And God uses you uh, more and more in, in the city that you're in and in this nation and in this world. And I, I just, it is so obvious that uh, you are not ashamed of, of who God is and what he's done in your life. And mm. that is so powerful mm. for a creative person. So... I just want to just encourage you and honor you and just say, keep doing what you're doing because it sounds phenomenal. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you. Bless you guys. Oh, no. And Chris, I um, am so thankful I was able to come to New York and sit under your leadership for a year. Like, it was truly a transformative year that changed my life. Um, but mm. from someone who does acting and does theater and didn't really know how the, like, my passion for Jesus and theatre. I didn't know how they could work together. Um, I'm so thankful for you um, and people like you who mm. who sit mm. in that crossover because I don't... There's not an abundance of us, at least, especially not in my experience. Um, there's not an abundance of people. And so I'm so thankful for your leadership in that space and your creativity and your innovation in there. I mean, I would have never thought of doing the Book of Job with Radiohead. Like, it's just brilliant. Like, I love it. And so um, I just want to thank you for your leadership and your obedience, just as the Office of the Prophet we're talking about. But the prophets were obedient and used mm. Um, mm. symbols in the way you're being obedient and using theatre and symbolism to proclaim the truth. I'm incredibly mm. grateful for you. And as Dan said, we are 100% cheering you on and just praying God's favour over your ministry um, at Theatre 315 and all you do thank you thank you thank you guys bless you guys oh what an episode hey artists on mission everyone listening artists on mission that's something else chris said which i loved we are artists on mission so let's go claim some truth yeah yeah that's great hello seven days listeners thank you for listening to our podcast if you like what we do uh and you want to make sure you don't miss an episode uh what can you do shush 
you can subscribe to our podcast, uh, which you can yes. find on whatever platform you're using. There'll be a little subscribe button. By clicking that, you'll be notified each time of when a new episode is out. So make sure you hit that button mm. so you don't miss uh, any episode. Uh, but you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Worship Arts Salvos AU. Uh, you'll get updated there when a new episode comes out. Um, but also, we would really appreciate it if you share the podcast, whether you want to share yeah. it on social social media on your facebook insta what tiktok i don't know whatever you use uh we would love it if you would share the podcast um or just tell a friend text it to somebody be like hey check this out it's epic uh we would really appreciate it because we just i guess want to reach as many people as possible who would be interested and not for our sake not because we want to get a, a platform for our own sake just because we want to impact as many people as we can for the sake of God's glory. If this is going to be impactful for somebody in their faith, we want to get it to them. Um, So that's why we'd ask you to share it. Perfect. I couldn't have said that any better myself, Shush. Thanks.